Hey, welcome back into the Three Fever Point After podcast. We had a Thanksgiving week off, but we're back to talk semifinals in the state of Louisiana. My co-host, Natchitoches Central Offensive Coordinator Jeff Harper, got a little the little outdoors edition of the pod tonight. Uh, I know obviously none of you will hear our first uh, attempt, but coach with some internet, uh, or we're having some internet issues here, and uh, here we are. Try number two. It'll be just as sweet. Coach, I hope you and the family had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We did, bud. We we uh we were all over the road. We went from here to the Dallas game on Thursday, and then left Dallas and uh, drove all the way down to Baton Rouge to watch the Tigers, and and then turned around and came back. So it was uh it was nice to have uh, everybody in the same place uh, for multiple de- multiple days, and uh, it was a good time. That's fantastic. Love to hear that. And I uh, got to see some good football, too, from both the Cowboys and the Tigers. I might ask you about that a little later uh, when it comes to those two quarterbacks. A lot of people talking about those two individuals. But obviously, we have a lot of high school football to get to. We missed a week. Um, I, I guess starting off, um, kind of recapping some stuff that we did miss, I believe probably the uh, maybe the biggest news in a team that's no longer playing was Captain Shreve. Uh, we did talk a lot about that matchup against Rumble. And, um, it, you know, it was just a tough night for the Gators a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about how that was going to be a tough task for them, but uh, the, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I had faith that they could pull it off just because they're really, really good running the football and uh, and, and they're solid on defense. And um, I hated it that they uh, they didn't pull that one out, but it shouldn't take away from the fact that they had an incredible season, a district championship run, um, you know, scored a lot of points and and did it with uh, you know in the middle of a you know some difficult adversity losing a quarterback to injury and all right. that kind of stuff so um coach kirby did a really good job this year with those guys yeah he did i think there's a lot of belief in, in uh, what he's doing over there and they still have a lot of talent coming back uh next year for sure on that gator roster i actually saw coach kirby and uh and your guy uh, reynolds moore at the calvary game they were they were having a good time uh seem to be be doing just fine and of course uh, it's the life of a high school football coach right um, another team not playing anymore. I don't know if it was I, – I guess it was surprising because of who beat them because Mandeville is, is still playing in the semifinals. Airline, a thrilling win in round one. They hold a two-point conversion attempt to secure it, and then they have a wild game against Mandeville in the quarterfinals. Um, what did you see from that game? And uh, I guess just kind of taking me through what made the difference. Well, Mandeville scored uh, every time they had the ball uh, for the most part. And, um, you know, Airline airline didn't have a problem scoring, um, but it just seemed like uh, the, the, the momentum shifted there. Um, you know, when uh, I think uh, uh, one of the receivers called a ball and it was stripped and Mandeville, they were, you know, Airline was going in to score and it would have been the difference in really the ball game, how the ball game ended. But um, Mandible got the ball and put a drive together and put points on the board. Very similar to what happened against Southside. You know, Southside went for the two-point conversion to win it there um, the previous week. And so, you know, Coach Coggin and his crew did a great job this year. I, I really was, you know, thinking the entire time I'm watching the game there in a hotel room in Baton Rouge uh, that they were going to be able to pull that thing out. And at no point did I did I think that they weren't going to win it till I mean, it yeah. came down in the last couple of seconds. And so – um, those guys had a great run. Ben Taylor had, you know, a, a phenomenal year, slinging it all over the yard, and uh, you know, four really good receivers, and uh, nothing, nothing to hold their head about. You know, I, I know that they would have loved to win district, um, you know, but they had that Shreve game, and, and and Shreve put a, you know, incredible season together. So, you know, one five A doesn't have anything to hold their head about. No. There, there was a lot of uh, really good football teams this year. A lot of good football played there. 
Shout out to our photographer, Sydney Lane, another hot and grad. Just wanted to mention that uh, she covered that airline game for us. And, and she messaged me about midway through the night and said, you know, airline's looking good. They're moving the ball well. And then she texted me again about 30 minutes later and said, OK, this game's getting wild. And then she texts me again, pretty much saying, "Uh oh, doesn't look good. And uh, it was the, the emotional roller coaster of that game of a playoff game in the quarterfinals. I mean, that's how it goes. And now you see Mandeville, 21st seed in this bracket. Cinderella's story at one Rustin in the semifinals. I think both of us probably on the Bearcats in this one. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I don't know how you go against Rustin. Right. They're that good. Uh, you know, they're physical. They run the ball well. They're really good on defense, well coached. And they nearly won a state championship last year in the Dome. Uh, and I know that this is the, this is uh, this is their redemption, uh, you know, season. They want to be able to pull this thing off. So, um, I think that they uh, they take care of business. And I'm I'll be honest with you, you know, matchups, styles make fights. This is going to be an interesting one for sure. But I think Rustin pulls it out. Yeah, I, I see no uh, world in which Rustin isn't back in the Superdome. And you hit the nail on the head. I mean, this is a team that is determined to get back there. Um, another team determined to do the same thing and come away with a win. North DeSoto in the uh, Division II non-select bracket. They're the top seed. They're at home in the quarterfinals, hosting 12 Opelousas. The Griffins have been, it's been business as usual since that airline game in week one. They haven't really been challenged yet in the postseason. I don't know much about Opelousas. I'm not sure how much you know. Um, are, do they see a challenge here uh, one game away from the Superdome? Yes, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, we played them week two, um, and they're good. Uh, I do think that, uh, that, that North Dakota has the edge because they're at home. Um, their scheme uh, is very similar to ours with you know some of the things we do with receiver splits and uh, you know, we, we don't use as much tempo as they do, uh, which is going to help them uh, against Opelousas. But Opelousas is big up front. Uh, they're going to run a bare front, uh, you know, cover zero, uh, or they're going to uh, play some man free. They'll even show some uh, some rotation and stuff with their safeties. But um, they've got a uh, outside linebacker slash defensive end number nineteen. I don't know his name. I just know him by number nineteen. Uh, we watched him <laughs> on film. He was the best. He was the best player on the field. And to me, he was one of the best, if not the best, all-around uh, defensive player we went against all year. Um, he is the he's the real deal. So, uh, you know, they have a big running back, number 22. I think he's roughly six foot, six one, probably 240. Uh, they're going to go foot-to-foot, two tight ends, and they're going to run the ball down your throat. And they're physical, they're fast, they're mean. Uh, they believe they can win. Um, they're well-coached. Uh, we know their scheme very well um, just because one of our coaches played for their head coach in high school uh, when he was a defensive coordinator and, and knows their scheme, and he was right about everything that they were going to do. And so, uh, you know, uh, had a few texts back and forth with Coach Dunn about, uh, you know, a couple of things that that, uh, that that Opelousas does. And he said, Coach, we saw it on film, and I agree. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that they can, uh, they can keep it rolling and pull it off. This will be a good test. The one thing that North Dakota does so well um, is is they 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 can take what what they do and they can go super fast and it doesn't matter what you do on defense or how you line up they have an answer for it and you're trying to figure it out, figure out how you're going to stop what they're doing and while you're doing that they're running up and down the field and scoring points so uh, I think this is really going to be a tougher test for Opelousas, Um if you're just looking at. Uh, what they have to do to win the ball game and knowing how they play football they don't want to get behind because they are a run first run dominant team 
I'd say they're probably 80-20 run. Now, that's how they were when we saw them in some of the games after. Uh, but, you know, North Dakota's balanced. They have two really good running backs. They've got three stud receivers. Um, and uh, and they, they got Delafield that can spin it, and they're really good on defense. And so, um, you know, Opelousas did knock off the defending state champs from last year. Yep. Um, you know, last week, Lutcher. Um, and so, you know, they've got a lot of confidence, but they got to go to Stonewall, and they got to play North DeSoto in their backyard, uh, and that's going to be a tough one. And they, you know, North DeSoto tasted that, that, that state championship mm-hmm. experience last year and, and was so close to winning it. I do think that uh, they're not going to overlook or – look past these guys one bit they're going to try to get out there and put them away early uh and keep their foot on the on the gas the whole night so that they can uh they can punch their ticket to new orleans and so um I, that's going to be a good game that's one that I'm, I'm going to be paying attention to for sure yeah i can't wait for that one and you did mention the the speed in which the griffins move it's interesting that uh we had um coach dunn on our show friday night after the game and um, i just kind of asked him a, a blanket question about their quarterback luke delafield and uh, just a sophomore and and uh he's he said frankly he felt they were so far ahead of where they, where maybe he believed they would be a year ago with Luke because he's been able to digest this information uh, much quicker than, than he anticipated uh, for, a, for a kid his age. And so that's a scary thought when you think, you know, they're able to already install this, this complicated, fast-moving system with this sophomore quarterback, and he's executing it so well. Well, I mean, that's the, that's what coaches, you know, especially on the offensive side of the ball, you want them, you want the defenses to think that the system is complicated. It's not. In fact, this the scheme is really, uh, uh, you know, to simplify what the quarterback is seeing and then forcing the defense to tip their hand if they're going to try to play uh, a light run box uh, or they're going to try to load the box and stop the run because you're sitting there with, with with seven of your dudes, five offensive linemen, an H back, and a running back, really eight guys. And, and then you got three wide receivers. And so, um, you know, those wide splits and, and the things that, that, you know, we like to do at Natural Central, um, they do the same exact thing, that they just go super fast. And so, um, you know, the, the one thing that uh, Coach Dunn is doing for his, for his quarterback is he's making the picture easy. When he comes to the line of scrimmage, if it's usually a team that wants to play a bare front, you know, you're putting, that, you know, seven, eight guys in the box. Uh, you know that you know you're going to be getting man to man, and those wide splits force defenses to play man to man. And if you try to play a lot of zone, um, you know you're going to be one guy less in the box, and so now it it tips the numbers in the favor for the offense, regardless of you know what you're how you're trying to stunt and stuff like that. And so that th- this offense is predicated on you lining up a certain way, and then you playing them a certain way, and then you're limited on your adjustments because of how fast. Uh, North Dakota goes, and so um, you know I, I think that that Coach Dunn, being uh, the legend that he is, knows how to coach. He knows how to coach quarterbacks. He's coached a ton of great ones, right? Uh, and, uh, and and he's making it easy for Delafield just with the things that he sees. Hey, and this is their second full year in the same system, yep. uh, and so when you take a bunch of young guys and you you pour into them, this is how we're going to play football, and they start to think the way the coach thinks and see the field and the adjustments and what the defense is trying to take away and what they're giving you, when the players can see that and sense that, um, now you really have uh, – you're having a lot of fun offensively because there's not a lot that fools the kids on the field. And so um, that's what you're seeing with North Dakota this year, and that's why they're just uh, you know, taking off at the, at the perfect time right here late in the playoffs. And, and obviously it's something you have plenty of firsthand experience with, and you did kind of mention it there with Coach Dunn, but that relationship between coach and quarterback uh, – 
I mean, I think, you know, you could go to the NFL and look at, like, instances of Sean Payton and and Drew Brees and and Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. Uh, How vital, even at the high school level, is that relationship between coach and quarterback? And you mentioned Dunn uh, knowing how to coach a player like Delafield and get the most out of him. Well, you know, I know every coach does it differently. uh, And so the way that I do it is is not going to be the same way that other people do it. But I require a lot of my quarterback. I mean, he – He's coming to the line of scrimmage, and all week we've talked about how we want to set our protections to the way the defense lines up. And so that's, first and foremost, the ability to see the box and see, you know, are they one high, two high? Are they a team that likes to rotate? So if you're playing bird, you're going to get a two high picture, and then they're going to rotate. So if you motion and you get into a, a trip slip, they're going to they're rotate the field safety down to the trips, and they're going to spin the backside safety to the middle of the field. Uh, and then, you know, if you rotate into something else, they're going to get back in a, cer- a certain look and they like to pressure. And so that's Bird. And so that, just going off of our week 10, this is what we're telling our quarterback he's got to pay attention to. And then if they're, you know, if they're a four down team or a three down team and needing, needing to know their personnel, need to know how they stunt, uh, where is where your escape area is going to be when you get pressure? Are they a gap pressure team or are they a, uh, are they a you know, nickel fire team where they're bringing you know, guys from the second level off the edge? Um, you know, do they like to stunt their tackles and, and backers? Uh, I mean, uh, defensive ends. There's little things like that that you're you're talking to your quarterback forward. So every coach, you know, is is either going to ask certain things of their quarterback or or they're going to you know make the decision for them. And so every single week, every coach is going to coach their quarterback to see things a certain way. And when you have um, you know a scheme you know very similar to what North Dakota does. The coach, the court, really the the main part of the game plan is: can my quarterback make the right decision at the line of scrimmage if we don't call a great play? And you know, every mom and dad, uh, every aunt, and uncle, and fan of football thinks they know one <laughs> thing that will work in a game that would win the ball game, but they haven't spent you know twenty, thirty hours watching film, preparing for a team, right. and then you come out in the first half, you don't get you know it, do- it doesn't look great because they come out in something completely different. Or they're, uh, you know, they're confusing your, your quarterback with the looks and that kind of stuff. And so it, the ability to communicate complex things and make it less complex for your quarterback and then for him to be able to take that and execute what you've put in that week is essential. In even the high school game today, that is what's required every Friday night. Wow. And some quarterbacks, they do it really well, and some quarterbacks – struggle with it you know I, I know some guys like to use wristbands we use wristbands well you have hand signals uh we have you know things that we check at the line of scrimmage there are a lot of times in our run game we're going to have uh, you know pass plays attached to it uh to where we can you know get a get a a certain look leverage depth whatever away from the run and we'll throw it or if they're using a certain defender to fit the run we'll 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 uh we'll throw off that defender you know that's what with what is you know affectionately known as RPOs, run pass options, but at the end of the day, those are the things that uh, that, that we're requiring of quarterbacks. Um, and in every every school is requiring that. I mean, if you're a triple option team, uh, you're going to learn to read a three tech for midline, and you're going to learn to read a five tech, uh, you know, for for veer, and, and then you're going to be able to pitch off an outside linebacker or a safety rotating down. And so there's two guys to the play side you're, that you're not blocking. You're responsible for. You're going to, you know, pull it or give it on the first read, and you're going to pitch it on the second read. Well, you know, that's that's people call that old school football, but that's what Bird does better than anybody. Right. And that quarterback's got to be able to make that decision. He's got to be able to do it from under center and do it in a split second. So, um, you know, 
the the question to answer your question the long way around and you know on this answer <laughs> uh if you and your you and your quarterback don't get along or your quarterback doesn't listen he really can't play for you i mean at the end of the day that's how it works for us that quarterback has got to be able to process a lot of information communicate it within you know a certain amount of time and then take a snap run the play that we've called without forgetting what he's supposed to do and then if he has choices that he's got to make he's got to make those choices and he's got to do that every single play regardless if he was the starter the previous week or he's had any starting experience uh, or if you know uh, you have the same offensive line group you had the previous week or the previous play uh, or the same skill guys out there and so there are a lot of times where coaches do their best coaching uh, when they're trying to take guys that aren't, you know, used to doing this kind of stuff or having to fill in for someone, and they're going out there and they're executing week in and week out. They may not be getting the wins, but it's, um, you know, it's it's very hard to coach that many kids and then have that many guys be on the same page and do it over and over and over again. And so the fact that North Dakota's sitting here uh, with a you know shot at going to the dome back to back years with a kid who's only a sophomore uh, just you know, screams, uh, great coaching. And, um, and at the same time as development, uh, week in and week out is it's clear to see. And so I would, I would say that every coach that you could ask, you could, you know, ask Jason Brotherton when he had the guys that he had, you know, uh, you know, playing for him, uh, back in the day and, and coach Guin with Dak Prescott and, you know, Landry Liddy and, and, and Kate Hart. And now, you know, Abram Wardell complete 80% of his passes. And, uh, you know, he's in his second year, it, you, you could ask Scoggin, you know, the same thing when he was the coordinator with Feaster and they had all the dudes that they had with yep. Woodty and Brandon Harris and Justin Rogers and everybody, you know, now Ben Taylor just blowing up this year. Uh, you know, well, he did it last year too. I mean, he's only a junior. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're t- those, all those guys would answer the question very similarly. It's because they understand that what they require of that QB, he's got so much he's got to be able to do. And, um, and the, the guys that are, that are, that are getting it done and putting up the numbers and playing well are guys that are listening and those guys are very coachable. Uh, oh, by the way, if you make a mistake, uh, you got to be able to get over it. You go out there, you know, like Josh Dobbs did last night from yeah. Minnesota, and he threw four picks and had a couple of fumbles, and they're right there in the game. Same thing, you know, uh, when you, when you see Justin Fields and he has a strip, and Minnesota goes down, scores a touchdown, that he gets the ball back. He has to get over how bad he played all night and walk them right down the field and lead them to victory. And so yep. that is what we are asking our quarterback to do week in and week out, regardless of where we're playing, the opponent, what the weather's like, what's going on in your home life, what's going on with your girlfriend, what they're saying about you on social media, all the things that, that, that come up with uh, these kids and what they have to deal with today. Um, you know, yes, you got to be able to communicate with your guy. you got to be able to trust them. And at the end of the day, your entire offense is based on that coordinator, head coach, quarterback relationship and the really good offenses are doing it right and uh and at the end of the day you know uh, it's not about the kids performance uh it's about how well you can communicate and get them to execute and that's what we're looking at every single week as coaches yeah i'm glad you i'm glad you said all that i think it's important for our listeners to understand what is being asked of these kids and you know it's it's funny listening you listening to you describe it it is very similar to the role of a goaltender you know what i played in hockey and the thing that i think sticks out the most is that you prepare all this time you know in hockey you're learning shot you're learning shot tendencies you're learning players by the shaft of their of their sticks so you're not you know you're focused on the puck you can tell who it is and it all comes down to one split second decision and if you make that 
decision wrong, it could be a disaster, but you still got to get ready for the next one. Another puck's coming your way soon. Uh, it's very interesting, the parallels there. And um, now I can barely remember my wife's Starbucks order, and I used to be able to remember all this crazy stuff. So, uh, yeah, a little eye-opening moment there. But uh, absolutely great analysis there, Coach, and uh, something that all of these guys are dealing with on a weekly basis. Absolutely, and that's what makes coaching fun. That's why we get into it for a lot of times is develop those relationships and, you know, see, see those kids grow. And so that's, that's to me, that's the fun part is uh, developing that relationship, you know, on a deep level with your kid and then seeing them go out, trust you, and then execute and have fun and experience success. Well, we, uh, we, we talked for a while, and we still haven't mentioned the game of the week. It's the matchup we've been waiting for in the division four non-select semifinals. Hainesville and Logansport, here we are. They've both looked as good as advertised on their way here. No really scares to get to this point. Now it's the uh, rematch of one of the greatest games I've ever seen live. Um, talk to me about this one. I, I mean, we, I, I know the town of Logansport is like, I, there's not going to be an empty place to stand on that field. Man, you talk about a hot ticket. <laughs> That's going to be <laughs> that is going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, and I guarantee you, uh, Coach Franklin has had conversation with his guys about uh, you know about the last time they were in the dome against Logansport. And man, I mean, the, the Hainesville Golden Tornadoes are back, and uh, it's not like they really went very far. Yeah. Um, at the same time, seeing Logansport, seeing Logansport do what they've done uh, the last few years has been very impressive, and so. Um, I, I don't have a prediction of how that's going to go because, um, you know, one thing between those two schools, is, you know, they, they play each other so well, so tight. Uh, there's no telling how that goes. But Logansport is going to be a rocking place <laughs> Friday night between those two. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. And, and really for both teams, I, I, I love they like you, the way you said Hainesville's back. It feels like Logansport's back and they didn't really go anywhere either. This feels so similar to the two teams that we saw meet, I guess it was 2016 uh, in the Dome. Yeah. They're just both so good, and I, I can't wait for this game. I tell you about Coach Franklin. He seems to have um, – I don't really know what the word I'm looking for is. Uh, he's got that confidence. Um, normally a very laid-back guy isn't going to really give anybody anything. I mean, look, when they beat Homer this year, he was talking to Daniel after the game, and he kind of said, you know, well, we, we didn't like losing to them, and, and we're not going to anymore. And, he, and pretty out of character uh, for what you hear from him normally, but I think he's maybe identified that he needs to change his style a little bit speak to a different generation of player and it really is paying off both these teams playing with so much confidence uh, the town of Logansport is offering to give my photographer rides if their car breaks down again I mean it's really insane <laughs> what's been going on down there but Daniel's going to be there uh, car or no car he'll walk down there that's how I'm fired up he is for this game and um, it is going to be a blast I mean you'd I, I guess you'd say Logansport with home field being the difference um, but I think it's a toss-up either way, man. I think that we're going to have another classic on our hands here. Yeah, and it can go either way. You know, um, I haven't been able, like I've said the last few weeks, I haven't been able to watch uh, film on these two teams. And so for me to make a prediction uh, without actually being able to see much would just be reckless. And, and the fact that, <laughs> you know, um, the, the way the game ended in 2016, there yep. there is between coaches, those guys, they, they – there's a lot of mutual respect between the two the, the, between the two areas of two programs, uh, and and it's full of talent and well coached football teams. You know, we're talking established, dominant you know programs within the state, not just in the area, but the state. Uh, and so this one is um, is going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I, uh, we it's like I said, game of the week. 
not as many games for our finale of Friday Football Fever, so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this one, and I do think it'll be well worth it. I mean, last week we had Pleasant Grove and Carthage. That was unbelievable for a game of the week, and they had to play it at 2 p.m. over in Pine Tree because there wasn't a stadium that was would, would take all that crowd on a Thanksgiving uh, day after Thanksgiving. I, I think that place seats about 6,000 over there, and Daniel said they had at least nine. So uh, it, was, it was a rowdy atmosphere out there. Mm. I think we're going to see that again here um, tonight or Friday night, excuse me. That leaves us one more game to talk about in our Louisiana slate. Division three select, it's Calvary and Newman. Cav now the Cavs, I was at that game uh, last week against, um, I believe it was Parkview Baptist, and um, Calvary seemed in control uh, for the majority of the game. The final score reflected that, but it was a little scary there. The second half, uh, Abram Wardell sacked, fumble, picked up for a touchdown, la pretty much the last play of the first half to make it a one-score game, but after that, they just shut him down. Uh, the Simon brothers were unbelievable. Wardell was doing what he does best. Uh, James Simon breaking uh, Calvary records in that game. Um, it took them a half. They got back on track, but I think that was huge for them to play a complete four-quarter game, something they hadn't had to do in a long time. Well, that's that's a great point. And when you're just dominating your opponents week in and week out, regardless of classification, um, you are going to have some ebbs and flows in football games to where, uh, you know, you, you may experience some adversity. And that's kind of the first time they've really had to experience, uh, you know, something where all of a sudden now the momentum has shifted uh, in favor of someone else. But, uh, you know, I was talking to Phil earlier today, uh, actually right before we got on this podcast, and he was telling me about that about that sack. And uh, he said, it, you know, he's glad he didn't see the hit because from from what he was told, it was, uh, you know, one of the hardest hits that, that Abram has taken. Oh, yeah. And he was, talking about the, he was talking about the tendency of what the defense was doing, and he didn't see, you know, that safety rotating down, and they were bringing pressure off the backside, his blind side, where he couldn't see it. And you, you, you've got to be able to pick that up uh, either with uh, a back chipping, you know, and, and helping in protection or, uh, you, know, if they, you know, your line's not completely, uh, you know, taken up with, you know, how many guys they're bringing, you know, just from the box, uh, somebody could pick them up. But in a situation like that, Abram never saw it. And when you throw it as well as they do, uh, it's a risk reward for, you know, it's, it's a big, big risk, but also a big reward when you can bring pressure and you can get to the QB and you, you can you can create uh, turnovers. And so Abram doesn't doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, yeah. he's thrown 40 touchdowns and he's got one pick on the year. I mean, he's completing 80% <laughs> of his passes. Um, you know, they, they've got they've got four stud wide receivers and even more on the bench. Uh, and then, you know, they've got two stud running backs. And so it, you're, you're sitting there going, okay, well, um, if, if we don't get pressure, they're going to torture us in the pass game. But if we, we don't get pressure – uh, they're gonna they're gonna torch us in the pass game, so we've got to get pressure to stop the pass game. And at the same time, oh by the way, uh, the Simon kid's really good, and so's Julius Moss. Uh, and now they beat the beat you know beat you in the run game. And so um, I, I am uh, I'm excited to see how this one is going to play out. I'm going to get to see uh, I'm, I'm going to get to see it live. I'm, I plan on going to that game. I'll come um, say hello. Just, I'll just, be there too. just so I could just because I haven't been able to see Abram play in person this year, and so. Um, uh, you know, I like to go watch guys that I work with and guys that I get to spend all the off season with uh, when we're not playing. And so, um, you know, that's the one thing I want to be able to do is uh, be able to catch his games. I've watched the last few that Ben's been playing because they played on the same night. Yeah. But you know, the fact that they're going to be pushed four quarters this week is um, is a is a, a pretty good chance. I know that 
I saw Newman on the uh, on film against Benton when we were preparing for Benton. That was one of the films that we traded. And, uh, and Newman is not the Newman they were last year with Arch Manning, uh, but they are really good. They're a complete football team. Uh, they've got a you know a really good uh, guy in the secondary uh, that they'll move all over the place and try to cover down who they would feel is your best receiver. Well, good luck doing that with Calvary because they got four studs and they spread the ball evenly. So you don't have a lot of tendencies on who is the main guy in their offense. And that's what you want. Um, and then at the same time, uh, you know, their quarterback, they like to run their quarterback a lot. And so, uh, you know, that can cause problems for defenses. But Calvary's defense is really good. They're, they're strong on special teams and, uh, you know, they're balanced on offense. They can, they, they can beat you in the pass game. They can beat you in the run game. Quarterback makes great decisions. Uh, and, and now they've had, you know, a couple of pretty good uh, playoff matchups, um, you know, to get them ready for this game here. And I, I know – for a fact that they want this game because they want to punch their ticket to the dome. That's what they want. And this group of guys have been working together, uh, you know, for years to get to this point. Many of these kids have been playing youth ball together. So um, it's going to be an exciting game. I, I'm looking forward to watching it. Newman's going to be a, a well-coached, uh, very prepared team who could easily come in and, and spoil the night for them. And I know that Calvary doesn't want that. They're led by one of the best to ever do it, Rodney Gulen. So I expect it to be a, a good night for the Calvary Cavs. Yeah, I'm expecting the same. And like I said, I'll come say hello. I'll be there uh, shooting that game for us, uh, at least for the first half. And then I'll have to run back here and start getting everything ready. Um, it's just so crazy to think that we're here at the semifinals. I mean, it's almost over. I mean, I feel like we recorded our first episode of the season like two weeks ago. It just goes by so quickly. Um, I, I don't know. I don't want to. We'll, we'll ask this question next week because we'll do another show next week ahead of the state championships. Um, before we go, uh, any message? Um, uh, any message to the guys as, as they're getting ready to head out? I mean, one game away from that ultimate goal to get to the Superdome. Uh, I mean, I, I assume that uh, the message is don't let this moment be too big for you, or at least something along that line. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've never had the opportunity to uh, stand in front of a group of men and and tell them, uh, you know, last words, uh, something like that, um, you know, before uh, a game like this. Uh, the best person to probably ask that would be uh, Coach Dunn. Um, but but <laughs> I, I will say, you know, um, at, the end, at the end of the day, uh, every coach is going to say the same thing. Um, you know, one play at a time, uh, you know, one drive at a time, uh, you know, uh, one quarter at a time, and, and try to win every quarter. Uh, leave nothing to chance. Assume nothing. Do your job. Uh, you know, play with great enthusiasm, give everything you got, spill it, pour it out on the field, because this is it. Uh, there's no more games scheduled uh, for us. I mean, it is it. This is it. You you have to win to get another one on the schedule, and that's the last game. And, uh, you know, Coach Coker is a guy I played for in high school. We won a state championship in baseball. And I just remember, uh, we, you know, we lost it up our junior year at John Curtis, up three to one, two outs, bottom of the seventh. Mm. Uh, John, John Curtis had won eight straight uh, state championships at that point. And uh, we get a call third strike that right down the middle that they called a ball, um, and it would have been the, the final out. I mean, it was it was one of those moments, and then the, the you know we had a meltdown. And I remember Coach Coker, uh, you know, coming you know on the bus afterwards, and 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 pretty much just saying, "Hey, we learned a lot. Now don't allow it to happen next year." And you know, we went thirty-one and three and beat the brakes off everybody. And uh, it, it it was it, this is the same thing that Calvary and North Dakota and Logansport and Haynesville have all been discussing uh, all year. They've, they've tasted and, you know, had been so close. And uh, same thing with Rustin, been so close. Uh, that I'm sure uh, every single kid is not lacking in motivation uh, for this game. And they know they can't overlook who they're playing. They're not guaranteed another week. Uh, 
uh, and at the same time, what waits before them is what every football player dreams of. If you grow up in Louisiana uh, and you put on, you know, I remember getting those. Uh, you probably have some. You probably had them when you were little. The uh, the little uh, professional football uniforms where you could get like the Dallas Cowboys or the New Orleans Saints, and you get the helmet yep. and the little fake shoulder pads and the in the uniform. Heck yeah! Right? So let me tell you, man. Like I had the Cowboys and the Saints, and every kid grows up. Uh, you know, we had those little starter football players, right? I had Eric Martin mm-hmm. and I had Archie Manning. I had I, 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 every kid that grows up in Louisiana wants to play their last game in the Superdome. Every kid. Yep. Uh, and if you ever put the pads on and played a down of football in the state of Louisiana and your team was good, you closed your eyes and you dreamed of playing in the Superdome. And these kids are there and their dreams are right in front of them. And it doesn't matter. Uh, what happened on the previous drive, previous play, previous quarter? If you're still in the game, you still have a chance to win it. And I expect that you know you're you're going to see this week just from our local teams, all those guys get out there and play their best football and do everything they can to secure that opportunity to walk out on the field uh, at the Louisiana Superdome, and everybody's there to watch you play the last game. That's what every kid wants, uh, and that's what every coach is instilling in their kids. And, uh, you know, they've made it this far, 14 weeks, one more week. This is it. Let's get it. And so uh, I look forward to seeing our guys go out and, you know, our local teams go out and experience success. And hopefully, uh, you know, we see some of our guys punch their ticket. That's that, that would be exciting. Well, hey, look, we're getting one for sure in the Hainesville-Logansport matchup. So we will for sure have one team down there, but I think we'll have a couple more. Uh, Coach, that was beautifully said. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. we got to get you on the show Friday. This is our last chance. You can go to the Calvary game, come up here after. we got a deal? Sounds good. All right, let's do it. All right, so we'll plan to have you co-host the show with us. Uh, what, you have, what you just did, bottle that up. Let's get that passion on air. We're fired up, man. You are one of the best. So excited to have you with us for our finale. It's going to be a blast. Well, I don't know about all that, but I do appreciate it, man. I have fun talking ball with you every week. Well, we'll talk a little more here on Friday night, 1030 KPXJ. Coach Harper, we'll let you go. Let you get inside. It's cold out there. We'll uh, get that internet figured out, and we'll talk to you Friday night. Enjoy the rest of your week. And guys listening, hope you enjoy your weekend of football. Embrace it. We're almost to the end. We'll see you next time on the Three Fever Point After Podcast.